At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity. Get fast, reliable internet for any budget. Now qualifying customers can get Xfinity internet free through the Affordable Connectivity Program. That's right, free high-speed internet from Xfinity. And internet essentials customers can get equipment included at no extra cost. Get started today. Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello there, and welcome again to the Diversity Do podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher, major family therapist, award-winning author, and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond what I share in the podcast like these, then feel free to check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, recently recognized as an independent book publishers association, Benjamin Franklin Gold Award winner for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And I hope that no matter your role or position, if you are helping professional in any way, that you consider ordering diversity in clinical practice to help you learn practical and encouraging strategies for meeting the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve. And similarly, whether it be through one of my one-on-one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author and speaker, my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So uh, today I want to talk to you about the delicate dance that is terms of reference. Now, when I get the pleasure of being invited to companies and organizations to offer positive and shame-free diversity trainings, I extend the invitation to all those in attendance to ask whatever question they may have without shame, judgment, or offense on this often difficult topic of uh, diversity. And uh, some questions seem more deep than others. Some may seem more simple. But to the one who asks it, it reflects in some important way a barrier that they have in interacting with others cross-culturally, which they would like help overcoming. And that's why I answer every question. Now, in a recent seminar, one of those questions was asked like this. I say, Lambers, how do you feel about terms such as melanin dominant and melanin recessive as acceptable terms to, uh, for, to refer to people from different cultural backgrounds? Now, my first answer is, uh, is a general one, where I hear one of the latest attempts to describe different groups of people in a way that doesn't offend others. And I appreciate that. Uh, so often, reasonable attempts intended to mean neutral things are often experienced in negative ways. Not only that, but uh, as perceived meanings change over time, terms change to try to catch up with the current meanings. For example, uh, over the past century or so, uh, the term for African-Americans has progressed from colored to Negro to Black and African-American. And depending on who you ask, any of those terms are acceptable. And if you ask someone else, only the latest few are acceptable. And the reason why is not hypocrisy or confusion, but rather because uh, of the differences that are perceived by the meanings of those terms. See, I I remember leaving my uh, predominantly African-American childhood environment to attend a college environment where people of color were not in the majority. Uh, Not only that, but as a college freshman at an event intended to expose new students to the various student groups available on campus, I remember walking past a, a uh, a group supporting students of color and overhearing someone say, don't call me black, 
call me African-American. And I thought to my college freshman self, oh, I'm in college now. Uh, that's what we call ourselves here. Got it. And then not five minutes later, as I continued to walk past another group of people, I was drawn like a tractor beam near any students of color I could find. But I overheard someone say a few minutes later, don't call me African-American, call me black. <laughs> now, at that point, I was confused. I didn't even know what I was supposed to call myself now that I was in a new environment, let alone what to call anybody else uh, of a different racial ethnic background. It also instantaneously made me sympathetic to how difficult it must be for others to figure out how to refer to me or others like me or anybody else. Now, over time, I learned what they were really expressing. It was less about the absolute right or wrongness of the term or the acceptable or unacceptability of the terms we use. Rather, they were expressing that those terms meant something different to them because of their past experiences with how they were used. While terms in the labeling sense wasn't the priority, they were seeking to be referred to in a way that conveyed the most value and respect possible, rather than terms that conveyed less than or derogatory implications. And that's where the, the message comes that influences how I engage in these terms of reference challenges. When I hear terms like melanin dominant and melanin recessive, I hear two things. First, I hear the latest politically correct effort to avoid previously negative and offensive descriptors and focus on neutral facts like the level or degree of pigmentation in one's skin. Not as a judgment of better than or less than, but merely as a descriptor of whether there's more or less melanin in one's skin. Okay. Secondly, however, I hear words like dominant and recessive that come afterwards, which, although are science-related terms to describe the likelihood of traits being passed down physiologically, they're also heard in experience that's been descriptors of one's value and worth, such that many people would rather feel valued and implied with a term like dominant and would less likely or would worry about being used uh, as a, a, a term uh, as recessive, being used to imply something less than to describe them, whether that term or implication is specifically said or not. Now, when I say things like that, I know because I've experienced it that some people immediately conclude that that's, if that's not what they meant, then no one should have a problem with it. And those who do have a problem with these reasonable words are just reading too much into things. However, most often, the people who are expressing this belief either have the privilege of being a part of the dominant category and haven't put themselves into the shoes of those who are not in that category. Or other times, this is pretty common, that they're in the dominant category on this issue, but have not had the privilege of being in part of the dominant category in many other ways and, and, and feel like this is a way to finally get that value and respect. Be totally honest, I get it. Why? Because certain people are owed something in contrast to someone else? No, no. But because I can understand how everyone wants to feel seen and heard, be, be referred to in a way that conveys value and respect. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. Language itself is unfortunately often used as an excuse to dismiss people's experiences uh, and, and the implications that come from it. And yet the limitations of language and the ever evolving nature of the uses of that language mean that finding absolute perfect terms of reference for all groups that are in no way negative or even conceived of will remain a difficult challenge to find. Meantime, if we are able to do that, my recommendation to you is this. 
take the time to explore the various options for terms of reference available to you to describe yourself as well as other people. Remember that terms of reference change over time and you may need to grow over time as the need arises. Next, listen to the impact certain terms have on those to whom they refer, whether positive or negative, and then make every effort to refer to others using the most respectful terms possible at every opportunity. You may not always get this right or, or conclude correctly, and someone may express their preference, preference to be referred to differently. Instead of defending why you use and should be able to continue to use certain terms, give that person the respect to choose how they want to be referred to and do your best to be flexible in response. After all, our relationships with people are more important than our right to use certain terms. I hope for you is that you would set a standard for yourself and for those whom you encounter that conveys less of your perfect political correctness and more of your intentional effort to learn and implement language that conveys the most value and respect available to you. Not only working on it in advance through your own effort, but also in your flexible responses to preferences for modification as needed. With that, I'll say thank you again for listening to the Diversity Do podcast. If you have any pressing diversity-related questions that you'd like me to address on an upcoming podcast, or if your organization is in need of a shame-free and empowering guest speaker on this often difficult topic of diversity, then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.lambersfisher.com. And also, again, check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available at Amazon.com, not just for therapists. And I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible in the future podcast to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in the community. And as always, remember this. You don't need to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in, and have a great day. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. At Hy-Vee, we take pride of being part of the communities we serve. In 2021, we donated more than 14 million meals, and this year, we're committed to doing even more. For over 90 years, we've been the place that people turn in time of need, and we take that very seriously. That's why we're loading our semis full of food this week and making deliveries across the Midwest to help families this Easter. To join our effort, simply donate when you're at the checkout. Together, we can make a big difference for those in need. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment for my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. You started your business with big dreams and big ideas. But achieving your goals is a matter of doing the little things right. At Bremer Bank, we're ready to help you navigate all the details, questions, and challenges you encounter on your way to growth and success. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever, and understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Put mindfulness in your tool belt. 
Mindfulness is a method of paying attention and bringing awareness to whatever is happening at the moment. Be open to the idea of being present and honest with yourself. Observe what's happening rather than trying to control what's happening. We reduce our stress, anxiety, and negative emotions when observing rather than get overly flustered in our reactions. For more well-being tips, meditation, and yoga classes, visit us at ymcanorth.org forward slash well-being. Y'all know how important helping the community is to me, and let's be honest, our communities need us right now. All of us. People are always asking me, Shaletta, how can I make a difference? Well, I have the answer. XL Energy is putting on its annual day of service and you can take part. It's happening Thursday, September 8th through Sunday, September 11th. There will be nearly 80 nonprofit projects where you can volunteer to pack meals for folks in need, put together school supply kits and more. Join thousands of your neighbors along with XL Energy employees. You can even get your kids involved. It's a meaningful opportunity for your entire family to make a difference. To learn more about XL Energy's Day of Service project, go to their website at www.xlenergy.com slash dosinfo. Do your part to give back to the places where we all live and work.